This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we wrap up Batman Beyond with the introduction of the Justice League. Seems like a good way to go out. everyone, welcome to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what is worth revisiting, if anything. I switch that up a little bit, keeping you on your toes. I'm Michael Doe. <laughs> I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're finishing our coverage of Batman Beyond with episodes 1 through 13 of season 3. Uh, yeah, the end of Batman Beyond, and oh boy, what an ending it eventually has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort of. <laughs> Fortunately, sort of, kind of. Yeah, fortunately, there is still some more Batman Beyond content out there, uh, given that there is a movie and there are a couple of episodes of Justice League that deal directly with the characters in this show. So we'll see more of Terry McGinnis and old Bruce Wayne. But uh, for now, it's goodbye. And of course, as always, there's really no overarching plot to speak of in this show. Um, So we're just going to skip right to our Zeniths and Nadir's because there's actually quite a bit to talk about there. Uh, Peter, what was your favorite episode of this block? Um, I had a little bit of trouble choosing, but I, I think I settled on uh, episode five, Out of the Past. This is a uh, a racial ghoul episode. Surprise, surprise. Um, I guess he's immortal, so of course he's still going to be around. Of functionally immortal, basically. Yeah, in, uh, in, in Batman times. Uh beyond times i should say <laughs> yeah yeah the beyond uh so uh this is this kind of reminded me of just like classic animated series racial cool episodes mm-hmm. yeah in totally. a way that it, but it had like both terry and bruce in it which was fun like with them working and even fighting together is pretty cool oh yeah yeah um batman basically uh tally appears and is like hey what's up um I can dip you into the Lazarus pit if you want. And he like Batman feels extra powerless when he like almost gets killed by thugs, uh, who, when his like car breaks down and, uh, he agrees to, you know, check it out. And Terry goes along with them and they fly to like this, you know, mysterious Lazarus pit temple palace thing. Uh, things kind of just go crazy from there where <laughs> Talia ends up kind of betraying him and then turns out actually to be Ra's al Ghul inhabiting her body. Uh, uh, I will correct you partly because in this episode, Talia corrects Terry repeatedly that it's actually Ra's al Ghul, which I think was... Which I said s- like eight times already. I can call him yeah, Ra's. No. <laughs> I just think it's funny that... He's corrected repeatedly, which I think is a subtle dig at the Nolan uh, Batman Begins (laughs) for pronouncing it fucking wrong. But whatever. This hopefully this will be the last time I complain about Batman Begins around when this show was on. I think so. Yeah, this was like early two thousands, and those movies really are around then. Yeah, and that's when Batman Begins was. I think Batman Begins was after this. Possibly, I I could easily have my timeline mixed up there. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to pretend that it's a dig because I think it's funnier. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no one pronounces it right. Ultimately, uh, so and apparently uh, Raish is uh, trying to kidnap 
uh, Bruce Wayne to steal his body and jump into his body and then like jump into the Lazarus pit a bunch of times. But because he like dips into Lazarus pit a little bit, Bruce gets some of his vitality back and he starts like flipping around the room and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimately, he starts fighting with uh, Ter- Terry and Bruce end up fighting together to bust out of this place and fight these like cultists and like crazy uh, assholes of, you know, racial ghoul. He uh, <laughs> one guy uh, just gets kicked into like an alligator swamp where oh, yeah. the alligators are like trained to kill and eat people. And Terry just kind of just watches. And is like, <laughs> yeah, huh, Terry just walks right. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not hard to not give a shit about the dude considering that just moments before yeah, he before. meets his fate at the end of the alligators he's like practically masturbating over the idea of watching them eat terry yeah it was so, just like i love watching them eat people and the other guy's like you're sick man <laughs> yeah which is a great little exchange honestly i really love that exchange of these two henchmen and yeah, one of them's yeah. a fucking psycho the other's like dude like calm down but yeah, I really like this episode's pacing. Like it's this is all in one, you know, not a two parter, even though it's mm-hmm. such a wide spanning episode. And uh, the the way they portrayed Bruce is like very helpless was uh, pretty striking to me. Like I literally wrote my notes. I want Bruce to go through with this. Like I want him mm-hmm. to do the Lazarus Pit thing because this sucks. <laughs> Aging sucks. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I thought that was uh, quite a good episode. You did forget to mention one thing that I really like about this episode, which is that it the initial like scenes where Talia comes to meet Bruce take place on Bruce Wayne's birthday. Oh, that's um, right. And so, A, we have a nice little scene where he's sitting at his, you know, back computer. I guess he doesn't have a regular computer to like look at things on, but he's scrolling through uh, photos of like lost loves and... You know, we get a nice little who's who of various characters that Bruce Wayne has dated up to this point, including Lois Lane, among others. Um, So that's cute. And then also, like, he and Terry go to this musical Batman, like, play. And it is awful. Yeah, it's awful, very intentionally. And it's pretty hilarious because, you know, they're, they're doing this thing and there's just this Batman on stage singing and dancing around and it's completely goofy. And like Bruce is in this fucking, you know, like opera box, just absolutely over it very clearly. (laughs) It's like putting his head in his hands. Just awful. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's pretty funny because it seems like Terry intentionally brought them there because he knew Bruce would hate it just to kind of like tease him. Yeah. Uh, and I really love that exchange. And then also, like, as you said, uh, a silver fox Bruce Wayne, you know, a younger Bruce Wayne, but still yeah, kind of yeah. old, is pretty cool. And it's nice to see him closer to his prime again, uh, even if, of course, it wears off by the episode's end, because that's how TV works for the most <laughs> right. part. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this episode, too. It's also another of the, like old batman villains that actually makes a lot of sense to yeah. reappear in this yeah. show you know it's like freeze yeah right exactly uh so it, you know it's it's nice to have kind of a final confrontation with rachel ghoul yeah uh and yeah i don't know it, it's a fun episode for sure what was your favorite well mine was uh I, i'm going to say the call part one but i'm just gonna talk about the whole two-parter uh this is possibly my favorite episode of the entire series. Um, it is an episode in which 
Batman is chasing Ink around Gotham, and then Superman intervenes. And the plot of these two episodes is that Superman recruits the new Batman to the Justice League Unlimited, which is the future version of the Justice League, because apparently someone has been kind of taking out individual members of the league, and Superman suspects that it's an inside job. Uh, The first guy to get taken out is Mike Ron, voiced by Wayne Brady, of all people. And he's basically the Atom or Ant-Man, if you're probably more familiar with the one that's part of a huge cinematic universe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I really love these episodes because there's some great twists and stuff. I guess to go through the plot, uh, the first episode features terry going into the justice league and pretty much everyone doesn't trust him or just outright hates him uh they're all pretty angry that superman didn't contact any of them and ask their opinion and instead just brought in this teenager uh you know against their will big barda in particular is fucking pissed about this and hates (laughs) terry mcginnis through the entirety of the first episode and so we get to see this future justice league which is fun uh and then there's this huge ridiculously crazy terrorist attack against metropolis where there's just fucking buildings exploding everywhere uh and they're trying to stop it and the finale of this episode is one of the characters warhawk who appears to be a thanagarian uh he gets blown the fuck up it's an alien and like hawk girl is a thanagarian oh okay that's the only reason i mention it so (laughs) anyway he gets blown the fuck up uh and then you know terry and bruce go back to the bat cave and they're analyzing the footage captured by the batmobiles you know 360 degree cameras or whatever yeah yeah and find out yeah and find out that it's superman actually who has been knocking off members of the justice league so the finale of the first episode is Bruce opening up this vault in the Batcave and giving Terry a piece of kryptonite and basically telling him, D- you got to kill Superman yeah, because right. he's gone rogue again. <laughs> uh, and that's bad for everybody, obviously. Yeah. So the second part is Terry trying to convince all the members of the Justice League that Superman's gone rogue until he attacks them and they find out that He's been sort of mind-controlled by this alien starfish that's attached to his chest. And apparently this alien starfish, who is Starro, uh, has been breeding and is intending to take over the world. There's, you know, a bunch of Starros take over the rest of the Justice League, and there's, like, a huge fight, etc., etc. And this is pretty cool because, A, Starro from what I understand was the first villain that the justice league actually went up against, which in retrospect is pretty silly because he's just a big starfish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know, it's still cool that this is the first. Yeah. And this is also the first on screen incarnation of the justice league in this series. Like, yeah. Yeah. In all of the DCAU. So that's a nice touch. Oh, really? Yeah. It's also a nice touch that Starro is definitely featured in a couple episodes of Superman, the animated series. Uh, so hmm. they actually planted the character quite a while before this. Yeah. Um, as a reference, obviously, they didn't really plan to do anything with Starro, but it's still really cool to see that kind of continuity come back around. Well, and it turns out, yeah, it turns out that Starro was like part of this 
the collector, this like alien guy who just collects species from random planets in this mega ship. And he collects Superman at one point because it's like, oh, you are. Yeah, you're the last Kryptonian. Yeah, right. And Superman breaks free and ends up like having to deal with all of these lost animals. So he just makes a huge zoo in the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, right, right. And like tending to to escape, basically. (laughs) Tending to his zoo, Starro just takes over him. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and and you know, there's actually a lot of other continuity nods that I really like in this episode. There's one point where everyone has to fight off a bunch of Superman robots in the Fortress of Solitude, which is a thing that's pretty common in Superman media, although I don't remember if it's ever referenced elsewhere in the DCAU. Yeah. I never heard of that. That's it's pretty funny. Yeah, He's... it's a weird thing, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a this fun a thing to of... reference, certainly. Um, there's a lot of subtext to the, like, one conversation between Bruce and Superman. Uh, yeah, of, I love that. Of Superman obviously has aged about maybe a third as much as Bruce has because he's Kryptonian. And so he is, like, this still super Adonis, silver fox, fucking badass. Uh, whereas Bruce Wayne is obviously very old and at this point kind of infirm. And... It's clear that they have not talked to each other in a very long time, and it's clear that probably Bruce is the one who dropped the connection at some point. It seems like there's um, some bad blood. Yeah, exactly, which is cool. I I really yeah. like that touch. Like Again, it's another example of this show making a case that Bruce Wayne's life is kind of his own fault in some ways, mm-hmm. um, but doing it subtly. Like It's a light touch, and it's up for interpretation. But uh, I, I still think that it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, I, I just have a lot to say about this. So excuse me for rambling. Another thing that's really neat is that the voice acting. I mean, I already mentioned that Wayne Brady is in it, which is fun. Uh, but also Aqua Girl is voiced by uh, Jody Benson, who's the voice of Ariel in the Disney's The Little Mermaid, which is oh, like yeah. a nice little nod. Um the older version of Superman is voiced by Christopher McDonald, who is the voice of Jor-El, which is Superman's dad in Superman the Animated Series. Well, that makes so, sense. Yeah, that's another really nice touch. As I did think, I think. you know, I thought, I thought it was a nice touch, although I was a little distracted because I was like, that definitely isn't the Superman voice that I remember. Yeah, like, right, right. Even though I haven't seen any of the Superman Animated Series or Justice League stuff in years and years like for some reason i immediately picked up on that it's like that doesn't seem quite right to me but it makes also sense like yeah i mean he's older it makes sense that he would sound more like his dad at this at this point yeah uh and then finally like this is the first appearance of the justice league in the dcau and yeah apparently it was the thing that uh you know the writers thought hey we could actually do this as a series and that's great because i really really love justice league and justice league unlimited uh i wouldn't be watching this show right now if it weren't for those shows yeah so it's cool to see the kind of origin of that and it's also just fun to see characters that i know show up eventually later in justice league and justice league unlimited kind of you know before they were important like it's cool to see barda is part of the justice league for example mm-hmm. that's such an obscure character uh that it's an interesting choice and i like interesting yeah, I like choices seeing, generally yeah new characters and new powers and stuff too is always fun right uh so what was your least favorite episode 
yeah uh my least favorite episode was the final episode of the show um yeah yeah season three episode 13 unmasked and look this is an episode about um about one time where terry took off his mask and there were consequences that's like that's the summary log line they give you on the dc universe Mm -hmm. app and (laughs) it's part of my problem with this episode is not the episode itself but my expectations going in Mm -hmm. uh because i saw that log line i saw the thumbnail and it was like batman sitting next to a kid and he like i think he had his mask off i'm not sure i thought he was i thought that picture originally was him sitting next to his little terry's little brother yeah i was like shit like (laughs) his little brother finds out who he is like does everyone find out who he is and i i built up this kind of assumption this heightened expectations that like (laughs) and because of the season series finale i was like yeah right this is gonna be like momentous like they're gonna it's gonna be like a change that something that completely changes everything so it's terry ends up getting revealed to everybody for who he is like i want to see how that turns out that sounds awesome and that's not the case yeah not (laughs) at all an ordinary episode where like terry happens to reveal his face to a child when he's like trying to convince the child that he's like not a monster i guess yeah right yeah look i'm normal you can trust me take my hand kid and then (laughs) for fuck's sake like the plot seems like such a stretch from there I, I get it's the future, but it's like some Cobra guys just happen to be watching this like news broadcast, and the kid's like, "Yeah, I saw Batman. He's a real person. I saw his face." And then like they're like, "Oh, you know what? We got a dusty old like memory reader machine. Let's just kidnap this kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, hook him up to it to see this pesky Batman really is." And like, so that's what happens. And then like Terry has to go, um i don't know like (laughs) well terry has to watch the kid because as bruce points out by revealing his identity to the kid he's put the kid in danger because basically anyone who wants to know who batman is which is pretty much any of his villains you know they can just steal the kid and interrogate him or whatever and that's cool Uh, and and that that i like that it's a nice touch and he's not wrong (laughs) i do think the like memory reader thing is kind of a stupid uh i don't know it's all right it's no different than a lot of different things i guess but yeah yeah so they end up hooking up the kid and like he's about to reveal the face and then he reveals the face and it's like actually the face of his uh his like action figure that he's been holding on to his soldier sam action figure and i guess he just like kind of mixed up the memory of the face in his head Mm -hmm. so he got the wrong one and everything's okay (laughs) so like yeah i don't know it's it it, it, it's just kind of disappointing it it is an ordinary episode it's not a bad episode on its own yeah um well yeah i mean like i i think the the note behind the note so to speak is this is the last episode of the series yeah and it's a very bog standard episode and it's also weirdly one told primarily through flashbacks which yeah i mean i i get why but it still feels kind of strange and it do- it doesn't feel like a finale. Like, that's really what there is, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just how it kind of was back then in terms of, yeah, you know, totally. production of animated series. Like, oh, we're not getting picked up? Okay. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like already they really had a lot in of- production. Like, it's too yeah, late it's like to had- write a new episode. They didn't have, like, warning that, that they were going to be over this season. Like, it's a Netflix show or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where they're like, oh, okay, let's write a cool final episode. Yeah, and and they weren't building up to a distinct finale because you're on network TV 
or well, not network TV or on cable TV, but still, you know, you're on TV, you're going to go as long as you possibly can generally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also it's just not even how the show's set up. Um, yeah. Right. Not at all. So, you know, it was, it was a little disappointing. I I, I don't know. What, what did you think of this episode? I, I feel generally the same way. I will say I felt better about this episode this time around when I watched this, mm series on my own years ago i had very similar feelings about it and that it's just a pretty disappointing ending but you know knowing that it's not really an ending definitely softens the blow quite a bit yeah Um, yeah and and i i don't really disagree with anything that you say i i mean i guess maybe i disagree a little bit that the memory reader device is silly because you know whatever but that's like generally speaking i agree this is not a great episode it's just kind of a standard episode of the show it could have fallen literally anywhere in the entire series and it would have been pretty unremarkable yeah um but it happens to be the last episode so it and it, it like, feels much more significant than it is which yeah, is unfortunate cuz it makes it feel shittier than it is. Yeah, it being the last episode and that log line like it sells it way too hard. <laughs> like Yeah, sure, sure. Because of that, because it's the final episode. Um Yeah, so so I I mean I don't I I don't hate this episode. I think it's fine. Yeah. But it's not the kind it's not the kind of episode that I'd point to and be like this is why this series is great either. You right. know, it's it's a middling episode that's okay. It just yeah. happens to be the last one, and that's disappointing. One final note on that episode is that the the like commander of the Cobra, you know, cell or whatever that determines who Batman is after he emails the image, I guess, to all of his contacts. Uh, he literally kills himself by jumping into a pit of cobras that they've been using <laughs> to execute people, which is yeah, kind of crazy for a kid's crazy. show. <laughs> yeah. I love that they just have random pits of cobras. Well, yeah, for, like, I mean, that's really insub- funny, too. Insubordinate henchmen to get pushed into. Yeah, right, right. Or the kid who obviously doesn't get pushed in. But Yeah, um, right. And, and to be honest, I also think it's kind of sweet. Like, the one, the one advantage of having it be primarily told through flashbacks is that the actual end of this episode can be, uh, of course, Terry is telling this whole story to Max, and the finale of the episode can be Terry pointing out that this kid that's been playing soccer, who he hands a ball back to, was the kid that he yeah, saved. Right. And that's his evidence that the kid doesn't remember him. But then as Terry and uh, Max walk away, the kid looks back and you can see that he does remember Terry. Yeah. And I yeah, think that, that's a that sweet a, moment. That was a nice touch. That's but true. It's a, it's a weird end to the whole fucking show. What was your least favorite? My least favorite episode was season three, episode two, Untouchable. And again, this is kind of falling into the, this is just an episode of the show that's not particularly remarkable, but also not particularly bad. Yeah. Um, it's an episode where there's this dude who has an antimatter field that just protects him from everything. Uh, Bruce very offhandedly gives him a fucking villain code name, which is the Repeller, which I find kind of funny. <laughs> uh, Bruce just refers to him at that as that at one point. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I guess that's his name now. Whatever. 
<laughs> Fine, Bruce, you're used to this. <laughs> um, but Terry, you know, visits this institution that was, you know, working on a similar device. Uh, the idea being that you could like it's basically a boy in a bubble story, except yeah. in this case, the boy is a girl. And instead of a bubble, it's this sci-fi belt that repels all matter. So you can go out in the real world, but you can't really directly interact with anything because you're still yeah. kind of wearing a suit of sorts. Uh, and the plot of the episode is that the, Terry thinks that this girl is falling in love with him because she's been so isolated her whole life. He doesn't know how to juggle that and Dana. And then also, of course, there's someone using the technology to commit robberies and they're trying to steal some like three part compound that's a chemical weapon or something. Yeah. Um and then, you know, in the end it's revealed, oh, the the guy who is the masked villain is not the abrasive dickhead guy who invented the device, but his assistant who's much nicer. Yeah. Um and then, you know, Terry causes him to be defeated by turning on a giant fan. <laughs> which is simplifying it a lot but you know he's he's playing into the idea that it's like very loud and the guy can't cover his ears because he's wearing a suit that doesn't allow him to directly touch himself i don't even think i picked up on that (laughs) yeah so that you know i think that's clever and i like that but the the problem that i have with this episode is it's one of those ones where it's pretty formulaic it's kind of by the numbers for the show and again, I don't hate that. I don't think that's even necessarily a bad thing, but you know, it, it gets kind of annoying sometimes when you're watching the show as an adult and you can pretty easily peg who the bad guy is Yeah, because you know, it's not the obvious guy because the obvious exactly. guy is always a red herring. So it's the only other available character. Like, you know, it's like seeing a famous actor in a movie and it's like, oh, I wonder who's the bad guy. Probably that right. guy. The guy like, who always plays bad guys. <laughs> yeah, right. And to be fair, like, you know, to some extent, I'm not sure I think that's actually valid criticism because that's taking outside knowledge and yeah. trying to apply it to the universe of the show. And like, I don't know if that's totally fair. I think this is a little different in that this it's just a, the way the show works. And it's, well, it's when the story structure and stuff becomes more predictable like that. Like that's, yeah, right. That's, that's kind of their own. Yeah, fault. right. Not... Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, yes, the, the difference between those examples is one is casting and the other is how it's actually written. Yeah. Um, but, and again, like, you know, it's, it's a very forgivable flaw to me. Like, I don't think it's awful or anything. It's just not as fun as the rest of the episodes. And also, like, you know, it's it's the it's the kind of one off episode where it's like, all right, we got this new villain. He has some gimmick. Do the thing, figure out who he is and we're done. Like, yeah, I don't know. It feels very by the numbers. Um, And so it's just not as satisfying as, say, a two part episode involving the fucking Justice League, where in the end of the first episode, it turns out that Superman's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like compared to that, it just doesn't work as well. Um so what was your honorable mention? Mine was episode 3, Inkling. Uh ink inkling, ink inkling. inkling? I want to say <laughs> it's either the Nintendo inkling characters is, yeah. or it's like you have an idea of something. It's a Splatoon episode. Uh <laughs> 
You know, is, Ink kind of is a Splatoon character in some really ways. Is. Yeah. If only she had to shoot herself around a map in order to beat another team of differently colored versions of herself. Yeah, yeah. An easy, anyway. an easy mod. Um, <laughs> the So this is obviously an Ink episode, and she starts by, you know, doing her thing and warping around places and causing trouble. And then she gets, like, severely in, injured when... Uh, this asshole betrays her, uh, like, like taking the money for like doing the sabotage job, and shoots her with like this, I don't know, fucking matter. Yeah, it's like a deatomizer or some bullshit. Yeah. It it hurts her more than a regular laser would. Yeah, yeah, because she's she can like change make any form, but then like she starts kind of reverting and fucking up, and she ends up going to her daughter's house, who she's estranged from, and like to the point where she basically gave her daughter away when she was born and uh and now is like coming back and is like hey and her daughter's like you know living in gotham and seems to have some serious like spending issues and like trouble yeah, with money yeah. well, like well her daughter yeah her daughter's a trust fund kid basically because ink has been yeah. sending her money secretly through her whole life and so she is constantly in debt with people and yeah, like her car is repossessed in her introductory scene, for example, like she clearly has problems with. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they seem nice. She seems to be care for her mom. And then like, you know, so, so eventually ink is like, Hey, I need you to break in to this place and just get this mutagen to give to me. So I don't die. And she does it for her and brings it back. <laughs> And then we get what is basically like the fucking craziest betrayal, which is why I <laughs> yeah. really like this episode. The ending is awesome because Batman's there too. And is like fighting, uh, comes in, you know, to like fight ink and then ink, you know, uh, her daughter, Dina throws her the mutagen and she like becomes super powerful. Like, Oh, I got my power back. I can fucking kick ass now. And then she like starts horrifically dissolving like part way mm. through the fight and it's just like oh god what is happening <laughs> and then the daughter steps in and is just like yeah i put a little bit of uh solvent into your uh into yeah, your thing they, there basically uh, i just gave you an injection of the dip from roger rabbit <laughs> and now you're fucking yeah. dissolving like that's yeah. more or less what it is and so she yeah she's like yeah i did that because you know mom when you told me that you're uh you were worth a lot of money i kind of figured i could just take that money for myself with you out of the picture it's just like such a fucking brutal betrayal and so nonchalant about it and like she, this is not a character that appeared to be you know uh yeah d evil, duplicitous duplicitous crazy you know but like the that twist was like so good like that her the way her her speech like her speech to her mom just like yeah no i'm actually just gonna kill you now so i can get your money so yeah you know, and thanks, also mom. justifying it by saying like also you weren't here for my whole life until you needed my help so right. fuck you like yeah i'll crazy. take your money and then like and it was just, and, and Ink's death is just like crazy. She's dissolving. She's like, oh, it's like really like graphic is a weird word to use for it because it's like a blob yeah, that's dissolving. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, right. It's bloodless, but it's, it's like a still human pretty blob. fucked up. Yeah. And, uh, and then like, you know, in the end, Batman comes back to warn her or basically just be like, cause she's like living it up. And Batman's just like, uh, yeah, she. They didn't find a body, you know, or they didn't find like evidence that she was completely dead. 
he's like she's gonna come back you know and she's like no way and like batman leaves and she's just in the shadows of some plant waiting yeah yeah Uh, and yeah the idea is uh apparently the police evidence locker whoever that collected a sample of what used to be ink the sample's gone yeah yeah yeah, Uh, yeah. so she's reforming presumably (laughs) seemingly indestructible this ink. i mean pretty much yes um but yeah, I, what a, I thought that was just a great end of the episode um, to an episode that was otherwise like kind of ordinary, but like decent. And uh, yeah, right. The the ending is really good. And it's also really creepy. Great. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah. it, it is Batman telling this girl, yeah, your your mom is still out there and she's probably going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you tried and to kill can, her. See ya. And, and then he flies away doing anything. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah she and could then, be anywhere. Oh, yeah. And like, and she's like, whatever, who cares? And then Batman leaves. And then she starts. You can tell she gets like start getting visibly paranoid and it's like looking mm-hmm. around like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Like there's like hears like the wind somewhere and like sees some water falling somewhere else. And it's just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. And then you can see like in the background ink is in the shadows of some plant just like right. is the shadow of the planet it's yeah, just it's, like waiting to strike it's it's, it's, it's the sort of ending. it's the sort of ending where you can very clearly tell that deanna this character is going to live the rest of her life in fear which is <laughs> yeah. pretty dark really dark. <laughs> it's a dark it's a dark one what did you think about this episode uh i generally love it also i i do have one final point about it which is something i find pretty funny which is that uh in one confrontation with ink batman kind of just stuffs her in a bag that he has (laughs) (laughs) which i don't know there's something so undignified about that that i find really funny and it makes a lot of sense but it's basically like he just carries around a bucket to scoop ink into (laughs) uh i I, I think that's hilarious also the beginning is weirdly similar to the climax of the live action venom movie like really yeah sort of i mean just in that it's a rocket launch that Ink is trying to sabotage, and then she fights Batman, and, you know, she's basically a goop monster, which is what is Venom, Venom fight, is. Is Venom fight Batman? If only. No, he fights another <laughs> Venom, and it's basically two goop monsters going at each other with two humans inside them. And oh, that sounds they're, great. They're, yeah, it's it's pretty confusing, honestly, but uh, <laughs> but the, the visuals of it are kind of cool, and the visuals of this actually look quite similar to me. Like there's, huh. there's a decent amount of just, you know, spraying goop everywhere with two people. And then there's a rocket in the background, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching here. Uh, <laughs> and also goop everywhere. There's two people and a rocket in the background. That yeah, sounds gonna, like a, that I was going to say, like don't, movie. don't, don't think too hard about the potential implications of that description. <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, my my honorable mention was season three, episode 12, Countdown. This is an episode that involves our good friend Zeta from the Zeta Project oh. and also an episode last season. Um, I don't really like this episode all that much, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. The plot involves Zeta coming back to Gotham and he has his new friend Ro in tow and this is one of my first problems and really my big problem with this episode in general, which is that it kind of assumes a lot of knowledge about the spinoff Zeta show that nobody watched and that isn't on DC universe. Yeah. And like we have an episode in this very season that I've already talked about where Superman is introduced within like seconds of him being revealed as Superman. 
Batman says, Superman, question mark? Yeah. Ro is not introduced in this episode until she's been in several scenes. She's not named. It just kind of takes it for granted that you know who Ro is. And that is crazy to me that <laughs> yeah. it takes it it takes it for granted that you know who this character from the spin-off show is but not fucking superman yeah, yeah. like now in fairness <laughs> i didn't recognize that was superman in the he beginning. has a very different costume his, and his, his hair is different. different like he his looks quite different. different yeah i mean i guess he probably still has an s in his costume i didn't even notice i was just like oh he's like he kind of looks like Superman, yeah, but it, I guess, but, but he's but wearing it's a like black a, costume. And it's it's a very minimalist ass. He, yeah. he does look very different. That's true. And I guess I'm sort of contradicting myself in that my first response to that was like, but the fucking Superman theme from the animated series is playing. And it's like, well, yeah. oh, I mean, sorry, yeah, I but <laughs> exactly right. You have to have prior knowledge for that, too. But still, like, still. It's funny to me that they're like, got to make sure everyone knows this is Superman, one of the most famous characters in comics ever, possibly the most famous comic character. <laughs> I'm not sure it's between him and Batman, uh, but this Roe character, eh, I'm sure you know yeah. who she is. Um, so, you know, it, it, it does rely on some knowledge of the zeta project there's also just some weird stuff like zeta's design is different i think we touched on this last time we talked about zeta like yeah yeah they, they, they like changed his design and he looks much more generic oh uh, yeah which i don't like also, that much he also has like a default like teen boy uh look that he, he goes yeah to right right the beginning and end of the episode but in general it's you know the the basic plot I don't even know if it's worth explaining the plot. The The government guys are after Zeta, and Zeta is kidnapped by fucking Mad Stan. And that yeah. is the reason that this is my honorable mention. Literally the only reason is because it's the last episode with Mad Stan in it. <laughs> and Mad Stan is really fun. Uh, yeah. He's just a funny character. Like his At this point especially, his ideology is boiled down to just saying blow it up about yeah. pretty much anything. It's great. Like the first, there there's just a lot of really funny lines from Mad Stan here. Uh like the you know, the first scene with him, he's crashing this symposium of technology. And, you know, he goes on some rant about how technology is bad and making us all dumber or whatever. And and his final line is, I've got a new idea. Blow it all up. And then he throws a <laughs> grenade. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I, I feel like he's the only character in this series that has a catchphrase, which is yeah. saying blow it all up and then throwing a bomb. <laughs> I love how uh, and he's really funny. I love Mad Stan. Yeah, he's he's introduced as just a simplistic villain. Like we, you don't really get it. Yeah, that right. Much he's with never <laughs> any Batman villain, but he's just kind of an idiot and he doesn't really need a backstory. And he's <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he is a great addition to the show. No, I I really I really genuinely like Mad Stan, and I think it's funny to see that like the minor flanderization he went through of. Like the the first time he's introduced, I feel like whatever critique he's making of the system man is sort of justified. And at this point, <laughs> it's just kind of like everything's bad. Blow it all up, which is yeah. 
pretty funny, honestly. I don't know. I think I like Mad Stan. I like Mad Stan a lot. And you like I think Mad it's... Stan enough to salvage what is, I think, a pretty bad episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that's the only reason that I'm saying that this is my honorable mention. You don't I... know my, what my notes are for this episode? <laughs> uh, do I want to know? Episode 312, countdown. Nah. <laughs> and I just didn't I... write notes for it. <laughs> You know, in fairness, I, I think I was just being lazy that night. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you knew that I would write extensive notes for it. Well, no, I, I wrote notes, do, but I wrote extensive notes for the episode before and the episode after. I just for right, this one, enough. I was just like, "Fuck it, I don't care." <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I was hoping that your notes were going to be Zeta Project. I got a new idea. Blow it all up, or something <laughs> like that. But hey, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. It, it is kind of interesting that this has the. Uh, you know, the Zeta Project voice cast for Zeta and Agent Bennett, his uh, I should know, hope so. bad guy. Well, the orig- they changed the voice cast is the thing between yeah. the original episode and this point. Um, so Zeta is voiced by D- Diedrich Bader, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing. I apologize. And uh, Kurtwood Smith is Agent Bennett. Good old Red Foreman. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, I like that. I like Kurtwood Smith a lot. And it's fun that he's in here. <laughs> Uh, He's going to shove his foot so far up Zeta's ass. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. The The most iconic role I can think of for Diedrich Bader that I've personally seen is from Veep. So, you know, I, I can't even really. <laughs> no, that would be Kurtwood Smith. Diedrich Bader is the other guy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, of course, Kurtwood Smith was in RoboCop, which is also excellent. Kurtwood Smith's great. I love him in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's not a particularly remarkable episode, but it's there. And yeah. Mad Stan's really funny, so I thought I'd talk about him a little more. But we oh, need yeah. to get to the break, uh, because we've been going kind of long, actually. So Yeah, we do. We're going to do that. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk about this season, talk about our recommendations, uh, the bet that we made that totally went off without a hitch, yeah. and also what we're going to be watching next. Wait, it's not what you think. Listen, big government, big lies. Forget it, man. Ah! Batman Beyond will return in a moment. Hey there, everyone. This is Michael jumping in during the break in order to give you guys some uh, acknowledgments. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Onitek, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Jamendo. Our next full episode will release June 18th, and tune in next week for Batman Gotham Night. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod. Twitter at HPPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. You hate me, don't you? Lighten up, it's your birthday. Don't remind me. And now, back to Batman Beyond. All right, we are back. Peter, what did you think about season three of Batman Beyond? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think compared to the other seasons, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I like season one or two better. This one mm-hmm. was pretty good. Um, it 
uh i think it had some very good episodes i like the call a lot um mm-hmm. i don't know if that's my favorite episode of the series uh yeah fair enough just because i kind of like batman doing a batman things and i i, I like i i'm really happy the call is in there and you get like the expanded like oh there's a whole justice league that's recognized in the show now mm-hmm. you know as opposed to batman the animated series that never happened um, yeah not really and you know, but, but like dealing with Superman, the whole thing becomes about like dealing with Superman and that's kind of, I like it, but it's, I kind of wanted more like Bruce in there too, or something like that. Yeah. Bruce is not in those episodes all that much, really. And then if you had that, you could kind of explore the relationship a bit more, although I guess since he's mind controlled, it makes it different. Sure. Um, still, I thought it, this was a, uh, a very solid, uh, block of episodes or season of episodes, um, I feel like they could, the show had legs. Like they could have, like there were some, some of the formula was showing it a mm-hmm. little bit in some of these episodes where it's like, I could start seeing where this is going. And the same thing happened, in the animated series. It's like, I really like it. And then you start noticing the formula when you're watching a lot of it at once. And yeah, some well, of the episodes kind of play out exactly as you think they will. Yeah. And especially when you have episodes that are kind of like, I don't know, like, I, I guess uh, I, I have this sort of feeling that they're like A and B episodes, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. So there's some that are like really excellent and just great in through and through. And then generally there is like kind of a second tier where they're not quite as good. And I feel like those are the ones where it's more like, all right, it's yeah i I hate saying I it's right. by the numbers because that feels like I'm just shitting on the writers, which I shouldn't be because, you know, this is hard to do and, you know, yeah. whatever. But it does feel like there are some episodes that not necessarily not as much effort is put into, but, you know, you you have to divide your time. Not every episode yeah. can be amazing. That's just not yeah. how TV or anything works, really. But, so, I, but I think I think the show still had legs and, like, probably could have gone for another 12 episodes, maybe 24. Mm-hmm. I probably mean, my, 12. Especially if they had, like, fresh villains and stuff. Like, it just the, fa- the, the future world thing is you can do so much with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I believe they were planning on doing another season. I know for mm. a fact that there was a plan for uh, an episode that featured an old Selena Kyle that yeah, I was got a scrapped. I was a little um, surprised she didn't end up showing up. I'm not sure if that was planned as an episode or like a movie, though, to mm. be honest. I think it was one of the two. I think it was a movie now that I think about it more, but... Yeah, like, I, I generally agree. I feel like there could have probably been another season, and it would have maintained a similar quality. Uh, at the same time, I'm not particularly crushed that it ended where yeah. it did, you know? Yeah, like, I, do, I do feel like we kind of got enough, too. Like, it's Yeah, not... yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the unfortunate things about doing this podcast, to be totally frank, is just that when you sit down and watch one show a ton yeah uh, especially if it's a show that doesn't have an overarching plot really it just becomes a lot of information uh sort yeah of. and uh, you can it, you start i think that's when you start to see the seams a bit more too mm-hmm. is when you're like, watching it and just ma- you're basically marathoning it yeah and I, I think that's actually interesting i've never really thought about that before but i think it's a lot easier to watch more serialized shows in this kind of format yeah yeah because because in general individual episodes contribute less to the overall thing 
if that makes sense. Like, since they're all building yeah. to something together, each individual episode doesn't need to be as packed with plot and stuff. Yeah, right. uh, whereas You're not introducing with... a whole new environment every episode. Yeah, right. Whereas with something with something like this, secondaries. Yeah, with something like this, like every episode, it's, it's is its own self-contained plot. So it just ends up feeling kind of exhausting by the end of it because yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Instead of watching 13 20-minute episodes that were part of one story, we watched 13 separate stories, basically. Yeah, um, and, and then I think part of where you start seeing the seams, too, is in, like, the secondary characters that get introduced, because they have to basically make new ones from scratch every episode. Right, <laughs> and, right. You know, some of them just start kind of being the same uh, which same I suppose, kind of archetypes. Yeah, which I suppose in a way is probably why more modern shows tend to move towards the more serialized method because it yeah. avoids that problem and they're all on streaming services where the whole point is to get you to sit down and watch it all in one sitting pretty much. And and you can and you can really like dig in with the characters that you have. Mm -hmm. Um instead but, of just having like one off characters yeah right so much but you want to like try and build depth too but it can only really hint at so much yeah right you can only get so far when you need to cram in an entire episode's worth mm. of plot into 20 minutes like that's that's interesting i've never really thought yeah. about that before because like I, I i feel like sometimes when we're watching a show that's not serialized like this i try to go out of my way to defend it because i don't think that serialized stuff is inherently better in any mm -hmm. way i think yeah. that you can do very interesting things with both i think yeah. that maybe part of the problem is just that this sort of like this format of storytelling is really not built for binge watching uh yeah yeah it's like it's like trying to watch a season of fucking star trek in a week like it well, just yes it's just that's so interesting much. you bring up star trek too because that's a show that that well, Star Trek is almost all, um, almost all uh, non-serialized. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much all of it's episodic, with the exception yeah. of like Deep Space Nine, a couple episodes, and, or and like Void. Like, well, or newer stuff, really. Yeah, uh, and like a, there's always like a couple episodes that adhere to some like overall season plot line, at least in the later seasons of TNG. I was thinking the show Cowboy Bebop does that, um, mm -hmm. where almost every episode is non-serialized, except for about like five or six episodes that adhere to a main plot thread that's going through the right. entire show. Um, and yeah, I find that, and that that's one where it really works well. Um, yeah. Cause they kind of do both. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's just interesting. Cause I'm thinking now, like in my attempts to defend the more formulaic nature of shows, like, I really love the next generation, but damn, if that show isn't kind of the same plot every week, like, you know, the enterprise shows up at a planet. There's a thing. It's a Something's unique wrong. thing, but yeah. And that, like, that's just how this form of storytelling works. It just, it's not very bingeable, I suppose, is the, uh, the overall thrust. Yeah, it, 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 they have to build their own formula and yeah, you know, right. Of course. By, by the nature of the show itself. And know. also because it's not, designed to be serialized there's much less when you watch an episode to make you feel like you need to watch the next one because you just yeah, got a complete right. story instead of be like, part of one. no i could skip yeah. the one about the <laughs> the game that people that everyone becomes addicted to that kind of seems to make them calm <laughs> when they play it you know at first i thought you were talking about batman beyond still no <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's a classic next generation episode. <laughs> it's actually yeah. a decent episode. It's just very, very awkward. <laughs> yeah, where it's you're just... like moving orbs into other yeah, orbs yeah. or something. And they shit. play it and they go. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I got the yeah. shitty 3D orb to go into the shitty 3D hoop I mean, in my eyes. Yeah, and I believe they do also directly state that it stimulates the pleasure center of your brain. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. it's from Risa, the sex planet. So, like, yeah, it's totally making them come. Very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> very awkward episode i think the episode's called like games or something if yeah you look I, it up. fuck if i know i'll yeah i'll make a note of it in the description of the episode maybe but <laughs> uh anyway like i i generally agree i think that this seat well you know what like i've already talked about this a lot i really like this show this yeah. is one of my favorites in the dcau i think it does a lot of things that they would continue to do in future shows uh that i really like uh, the slightly darker tone, the slightly more, I don't know, flawed characters, I guess. And I think it's a really it bold that. premise, too. Yeah, right. They totally. deliver on. And again, like, you know, we talked about this ages ago at this point, but this whole thing was spawned from a mandate of, hey, make a show where Batman's a teenager. Like, yeah, right. They did a really, really good job with that stupid premise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah we want batman to be more relatable all right he's in high school and but it's the future fuck you and everything's yeah, crazy yeah. and then bruce wayne's still alive and he ruined his fucking life by being batman probably like <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah I, I really like this show so i i don't even really know what to say about season three other than it's pretty good and it yeah. happens to include two of my favorite episodes in the show and I mean, uh you know like let's I, just say it right now uh, give it a visit oh yeah know? season three 100 a visit and i mean I've, i would say in general the show give it yeah, a visit show batman overall. beyond a visit. is a great show i i really love it and i could just continue going on about it for yeah. like another hour but you've already been here for a while so we should probably <laughs> move on um well let's talk about that bet um, yeah so fall saves uh people yeah. being saved from falling by batman or somebody else presumably did not happen a lot in this block of episodes because sometimes i honestly feel like the universe is just fucking with us yeah, when we right. make a bet like this <laughs> when it seems like a fucking like... sure thing and that it's just no it doesn't yeah. happen <laughs> yeah i feel like it happened a ton of times last season yeah yeah uh now, in fairness, there is one moment where in yeah. the <laughs> Justice League episode, literally, I think a skyscraper like falls and like, I don't know, somehow like six people fall out of a skyscraper at the same time and they're all falling yeah, yeah, and they yeah. all get like, saved at the same time. Yeah, it's like the top, it like cracks in half and the top falls sideways yeah, and then yeah, everyone yeah. smashes through windows uh and all get saved and it's like such a it, it was almost like the leo bump way way back in the day oh, with gundam yeah. wing where we we're counting leos destroyed and it was pretty neck and neck for a bit and then there's one episode where it's just like 50 leos get blown yeah. up on I just screen. completely one and one episode <laughs> and it's just completely ludicrous and you're yeah. like how is this still happening how are uh, leos so still good. exploding unfortunately unfortunately this is not enough to pull ahead and we it went if it, even under estimate of uh your yeah lower under me bet. yeah no yeah. like it, it's another one where we just missed the estimate entirely and fortunately, this time we didn't set ourselves up for the like walking into a buzzsaw of watching more Hamtaro or some shit like that. <laughs> so uh, I actually get to pick what we watch next. And I think that's going to be the big O, which 
is a show with a completely innocuous title and there's nothing funny about it at all. Um, it's a, I don't think, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't even think it's worth discussing. Uh, it's, it's a show that, well, we'll talk about it more in depth. You're talking about the Roy Orbison story, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. We'll talk about that in particular. Maybe we'll see. Uh. Um, but the big O is a show that is actually quite similar to Batman, the animated series. That's like my most distinct memory of it is thinking like, this is like like Batman. If Batman had a Gundam, um, and and a cute girl was Alfred instead. Well, he also has like an old man Butler too. Doesn't he he? does. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is like an Alfred character in there somewhere, but, but yeah, it's anime Batman. Yeah. Right. It's, it's anime Batman with a giant robot kind of, uh, and I have not seen it since I was a kid at all. This is not a show that I've ever really considered revisiting, although I remembered liking it. So yeah, we'll see what it's like. Uh, I'm kind of excited for it and it's a short show, so it'll be nice to get kind of a break from one of these bigger four parters. It's also a very unique show in that the second season was commissioned by Toonami Yeah, right, right, because it did so Japan. well on Toonami that it was a co-production. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Wild. And I'm, I'm really curious to see the second season because, yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't want to talk too much about the show, but I feel like this is one of those shows where I only ever saw one episode, but I saw it like 80 times. Yeah, yeah, um, same. So I'm kind of curious to see what the rest of the show is like. Uh, but obviously we have a mini-sode before that. And that minisode is going to be Batman Gotham Knight. And the best way I can describe this is it's like Halo Legends, but with Batman instead. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, in, it's a bunch of anime directors working on short short story, short Batman stories in like a compilation movie. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of different styles of animation and stuff. Uh, kind of interestingly, <laughs> it takes place between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, those two Nolan movies. Yeah, so, so it's, it's surprisingly, in the Nolan universe. Yes, it's surprisingly invested in those. We'll talk about it more in depth next week. Also make some surprising character design choices as to yeah, what some... an anime Bruce Wayne looks like. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into oh, that. Oh, man, my favorite version of Bruce Wayne ever. Uh, <laughs> Disturbing yeah, choices. Fuck every other interpretation of Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton, <laughs> bullshit. My no. favorite is definitely this one anime Bruce Wayne we'll talk about more in depth. <laughs> uh, so hopefully that's enough of a tease. Uh, but until next week, I'm Michael Doak. And hey, I'm Peter E.B. And we will be talking about uh, Batman Gotham Knight. I had to look at my screen to remember what it's called. <laughs> uh, so be sure to revisit us next week for that. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you're staying safe out there during this tumultuous time. And if you'll allow me to be serious for a moment, I just wanted to point out that uh, this podcast, which is to say Peter and I, Uh, The podcast as a whole, although we're the only people that work on it, uh, we're in support of Black Lives Matter because they do, obviously. And if you check the relevant uh, post that is titled Black Lives Matter on our website, there are several links to charities and lists of charities uh, that you should consider donating to if you have the means. Obviously, none of these donations go to us in any way. Uh, We just wanted to use what tiny platform we have in order to spread the word. And, you know, if you can donate or maybe give your time or protest or whatever you can do, uh, please do. Because we believe this is a cause worth fighting for in some way.
uh, even if your individual contribution is small, still being able to contribute is worth it. And we're trying to do what we can with this podcast. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to check out more of our content, you can follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and Twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching this is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Obviously, no pressure to do that. I wouldn't get in contact with me. Uh, of course, subscribing on iTunes or, well, Apple Podcasts or really whatever podcatcher app you happen to use, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, that's a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, consider leaving us a review. Uh, we really appreciate it. So stay safe. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Donate. Volunteer. Protest. Do what you can. And we'll see you next week for Batman Gotham Knight.